Hello and welcome to another episode of Adam Analyzes. Hopefully you guys are doing great, having a great start to the new year. I know uh, at this point in time when I'm recording this episode it is the 15th, so we're almost about halfway through the month, and hopefully it's treating you well. So last week I did a cult favorite that is somewhat fondly looked upon, and that was Invaders from Mars. This week I wanted to do another cult favorite type of film, and this one I don't know if it's as fondly looked upon as, say, something like Invaders from Mars or some of the other films from the 80s. A good reason of why it would not be looked as fondly upon as films from the 80s, because this one is actually from 2002. This is Don Coscarelli's low-budget, in my mind, low-budget masterpiece. This is Bubba Hotep. This one here is a little bit of an interesting one for me. It came out at a time when I was probably at my highest level of love for Evil Dead and, by association, Bruce Campbell Projects. But don't get me wrong, I'm still a huge, huge fan of the Evil Dead series and Bruce Campbell's work. If he comes out with something new, I will definitely check it out. But with this, Bruce Campbell is playing Elvis, and to some, he's an Elvis impersonator in the movie. Not only that, he's got a cancerous growth on his penis. So that setup right there kind of sets the movie up for all kinds of hilarity, and also just the idea behind it with there also being a soul-sucking mummy I feel it's a bit of a great setup for all kinds of great B-movie antics. There is some craftsmanship here that does actually, I guess, extend beyond a B-level movie. It's not necessarily at a A-level film, but it definitely aspires to be something greater than what the story and silliness on screen would have you believe. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I'd like to share my history with this movie. Bubba Hotep was released as something that was a bit of a road show, and this was before it was the cool thing to do with like Fathom events and stuff like that with various movies nowadays that will not get theatrical releases generally because they're not big studio tentpole films. But It was released as a roadshow type of idea, and when Bubba Hotep came to town, I was excited and I wanted to go see it. It was only playing for one weekend. It was playing here in Tampa. I think it might have been a good idea to put it in the Tampa Theater. However, it was not in the Tampa Theater, but instead it was shown at the Channel Side here in Tampa. For those of you who are not locals, the Channelside Theater was a pretty cool place. It was actually one of our few theaters that had a true IMAX screen. It wasn't an IMAX dome. It wasn't that stuff that AMC is putting out as IMAX. No, this thing was a gigantic screen. It was one of the biggest screens I've ever seen in my life. Also one of the biggest theaters I've seen in my life. I saw The Dark Knight. I saw I Am Legend. I saw Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers on the IMAX screen, and even Speed Racer. However, all those were not fully formatted to IMAX, but even still being shown on that giant IMAX screen, it was still bigger than most other screens at the time. And it was a great experience, and sadly, that theater is no longer there. 
As a matter of fact, Channelside itself is no longer there in Tampa. So it's kind of disappointing that it's, I guess, gone. But I do have a very fond memory of seeing Bubba Hotep there. And as I said, it was playing for one weekend. And with it playing for only one weekend, it was cool because there was a lot of people there supporting it. A lot of people there supporting independent film and cinema. And this was one of my first times of actually experiencing something that was small like this, but it was very much important to a lot of people. There was actually tables set up and different things, like there was guys in costumes and stuff, and they were holding up signs and stuff saying, support independent film and cinema. And I thought it was a really cool thing, and they were almost like activists in a way. And that's the only way that I can really describe how they were. But it was a very cool experience either way, because just standing there talking to them, apparently the reason that it made its way to Tampa is because of these people. And I had no idea. And the fact that they got it to show in the independent cinema there at the channel side area, it was actually just a really great experience that goes a little bit beyond just the film experience It was an experience talking to everybody there and about how much they love movies that may not be suited for everybody, but these were movies that were suited to them. And honestly, they were probably movies that are suited to me. I like a lot of films that don't make their way to theaters, and I do try to go out of my way to see some Fathom events occasionally if it's something that I really, really want to go see. But enough of my personal story. Let's go and talk about the movie Bubba Hotep. This here, as I stated, it was from director Don Coscarelli. Don Coscarelli, you may know him from films like Beastmaster, which I have not seen that series. I have seen the Phantasm series, and I absolutely love that series. I may do a series rundown on 31 Nights of Frights this year. Not quite sure, because that's five movies, and I already have my list starting. But while I'll say the Phantasm series is probably his greatest achievement, it's a crazy, wacky series, I think this is probably his best movie. Bubba Hotep is a movie that wears its B-movie nature like a badge of honor. However, it also tries to aspire to be something that is relevant to forgotten icons and Maybe some of our older people that maybe, you know, have Alzheimer's or senile or something like that, maybe they're not as mentally disabled as what we think they might be. Because in this movie, we have Elvis, or as people keep calling him, Sebastian Half, because of the fact that Elvis didn't really die. The one that died was an Elvis impersonator. The one that's living is thought to be an Elvis impersonator but is actually the real Elvis. He's joined by JFK, who just so happens to be a black man. And this is played by Ozzie Davis, and I think he's fantastic in the role. He is equal parts funny, but sympathetic at the same time. And I think that's one of the great things that Bruce Campbell brought to his role as Elvis. I think he brought somewhat of a sincerity and anger and comedy to the role. Honestly, Bruce Campbell gives nearly an Oscar-worthy performance, in my opinion. I think he did a great job here, 
and it's a great example of his actual acting chops. It seems like he brought his A-game here, and I think that he probably did because of the fact he was surrounded by a great actor with Ozzie Davis playing JFK. His JFK performance is hilarious, especially when he says that it's a big government conspiracy that they cut out part of his brain, they put a bag of sand in his head, and they dyed him to be a black man. <laughs> it's it's truly hilarious stuff with the way that he says it, <laughs> mostly because he says it so serious. And also when he's first attacked by Bubba Hotep, he thinks that it's the government out to get him and that Lyndon Johnson came back from the dead <laughs> to actually kill him. It's truly funny stuff. And I like the fact that in this movie that you have Elvis who is affected by a bad hip and also that penile cancer that I said earlier, he seems to come to the realization that him and JFK really are kind of the same person and same uh, thing. Like They're trying to have people believe that they are these characters, even though the Sebastian half Elvis, uh, even though he is supposedly actually the real Elvis if his story is actually true. I think it's a great scene at the very end of the movie where he actually calls JFK. He actually calls him Mr. President by the end of the movie. And I think it's actually a great scene. And this is during the final battle between Elvis, JFK, and Bubba Hotep. But with that, I think as good as what the movie is, I wonder if the movie would have been better played without the B-moviness. I, it's great that they had the... Bubba Hotep mummy and also great that they were able to spin it into something that while being ridiculous isn't so ridiculous that it's truly off-putting. I think just about anybody as long as they're okay with some of the vulgarity would be fine with this movie and actually think that's a good movie. I just wonder how it could have been with a little bit more craftsmanship that you could have actually had a really great movie that could have been Honestly, a Oscar contender, I think. I, I really do believe that, that there is a much stronger movie there than what's actually presented. But with that, I really do think that Don Coscarelli did a great job for the budget that he had. It's obvious that he didn't have a budget. He didn't have access to any of Elvis's music. He didn't have access to any of that stuff. And yet he still turned out a professional looking movie. And I think that's from his know-how with doing some of the Phantasm films and working with, in some cases, such as Phantasm 4 and Phantasm 5, working with next to no budget. And it really served him well for crafting this movie. It is a good one, and it's definitely one that I can recommend to everybody. And I think throughout the years, the movie is still just as good to me as what it was back in the day. I have not seen this movie in probably about six or seven years, maybe eight years. And on my recent rewatch of it, I still think it holds up well. I think it holds up as a drama. It holds up well as a comedy with horror movie elements. It works in a lot of different ways. It's just I think it could have been crafted more one way or the other. And we would have had a much different film, but we would have had maybe a stronger movie in the process, but who knows? It could have turned out to be a worse movie without all that. 
This was actually adapted from a short story by Joe R. Lansdale, who throughout the years has written some of the DC animated films and such, and also even wrote one of the episodes of Creepshow, which I think was probably taken from one of his stories as well. We have very good characterization here, and I think that it probably does actually do justice to the original source material. However, I have not read the original short story. It's something that I intend to do someday. I just have not gotten a chance to do it. But with that, I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Check out my webpage at adamanalyzes.com where you can listen to some past episodes. And also, if you want to send a request, you can do it through the social media that I just mentioned, or you can send me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you do have a free moment, please leave me a review on the podcast listening platform of your choice, because you know I do love those digital hugs, and also it will allow me to continue to create for you guys and record new episodes. But with that being said, good night.